Good afternoon, Team ASG. Hope everybody is doing well out here in California. Man, we're very close to both the shooting and also the fires. Um, those of you who don't know, we're just south of Ventura and just north of Thousand Oaks. So between last year and, and now this year, man, it's it's been kind of crazy. But we do appreciate the support and uh, a couple of you guys that have reached out to us to make sure we're good. Everything's cool here, um, you know, but our thoughts and prayers certainly going out to all of the people that are misplaced by these fires and affected, of course, by that uh, horrific shooting. So um, on a lighter note, uh, we had an opportunity in this episode to talk to Andrew Hannon. Those of you guys that don't know Andrew, uh, he's a social media phenom. I mean, this guy has been probably one of the harder working guys that I've seen in the industry, uh, constantly putting out content, pushing the envelope, doing online programs. And uh, actually it's, it's ironic, about three months ago, he put out a post on social media asking for help from golf coaches. And of course we were very interested in his stuff already, but uh, to see that post come through, uh, we wanted to jump right on it. and. We were fortunate enough to find some time in, in his busy schedule and sit down with him. So hope you guys enjoy this podcast, really focusing on the relationship between golf fitness and the golf instructor. And I think what's important that you'll get out of this podcast is just learning that there's not one way to do this with golf and also in fitness. So when you look at fitness, a very competitive field, I think a lot of people are blinded by uh, marketing and you know what really matters is the individual and understanding the individual's characteristics uh, but also their learning styles their feelings so there's a lot more into it uh, than just you know trying to teach somebody a certain way or getting them to move a certain way and we really feel like we relate very well to Andrew and hope you guys enjoy this podcast Andrew Hannon, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's Listen, it's an honestly, it's a pleasure. We've been um, kind of keeping track of you for, I won't tell you exactly how long, but it's been a while and, and <laughs> really love your stuff and, and, and seeing the growth of, um, of your client base and, and everything you're doing. It's awesome, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Andrew, for the listeners, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that already know you, but for the, the few that don't, can you just kind of give us a little bit of your background um, and uh, what you've been up to the last couple of years? Sure, man. Well, I started out um, as this general personal trainer in Kansas, um, and I started learning more about TPI, and um, I started a, you know, kind of a golf program, fitness program at Lifetime Fitness. That's where I started in Lenexa, mm-hmm. Kansas. Kind of did my own screens. So I was looking to kind of take the next jump and working specifically with golfers. So I changed companies, worked for an in-home company called Front Door Fitness. And they're affiliated with a lot of country clubs in my area. So I worked with a lot of, again, country club guys um, on the Kansas, Missouri side. So that was fun, but I was just, I was getting pretty burned out with the amount of communion I was doing. You know, I was kind of driving sure. all over the city. So I was me and my girlfriend at the time, now wife, decided uh, to make a change. And 
I now work for Premier Fitness Systems in Scottsdale, Arizona with Greg and and Brandon. They um I sent my resume in and it was about a six month interview process and they thought it would be a good fit. So then I took the drive out here with no family, no friends. Um, you know, just to take that risk and it's actually paid off tremendously. It's the best move of my life. Um for the last almost four years I've been here working with PGA guys, LPGA, mini tour players still have the country club niche and really pushing quality movement and golfers. And just trying to, like I told you the other day, just try to keep them on the course. If performance is important, sure. But mm-hmm. if they can't move in a quality sense, then, you know, performance is a pretty big, pretty big risk reward. So we try really try to push quality movement, make sure they move well start with the basics foundations and then work our way up. And usually that tends to provide a lot of dividends for on the course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a great point and this is kind of why, you know, we started the podcast was because we're golf professionals. So we come from the other side of the line um, where we're experts in, you know, uh, basic biomechanics of the swing and, and anatomical movement for rotary sports is something that I've I've started to study and get heavy into. Um, but this isn't the way that we were trained. You know, a golf pro was uh, traditionally trained to work in the shop and manage the business of the shop. And, um, you know, I know a lot of fellow PGA professionals that are doing a lot of merchandising and everything. And, um, you know, but we are looked up as, as experts of the swing. And I think what's happened – you know, whether you attribute that to uh, Tiger Woods boom 10 years ago sure. uh, to, uh, you know, all the money that's out there or however you attribute it. The point is now is that it's, there's such a com- competition out there at all levels. But at the end of the day, for us, it's number one, how can we make sure that the things that we're teaching our golfers are beneficial and not necessarily you know, what worked best for us or one student. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot of that that goes on and, and we've forgotten about this big piece, which is the physical, physical ability of the average person and the modern athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think, I think that's great. Andrew, did you have, um, did you go to college in Kansas or what, what's the uh, background? Where did you get your training from? Yeah, man. I think, yeah, I'll rewind a little bit before my professional career. So I started, um, obviously, high school three-sport athlete. Then I actually went to Baker University, which is in my hometown. It's a NAIA school, and I was gave me the opportunity to play baseball and basketball there. And my dad was actually the baseball coach. So it, was, it was a lot of fun to play for him. But basketball was kind of my kind of go-to sport. And then um, – transitioned into baseball during the obviously during the spring so athletic background that's kind of what I wanted to stick with and Mm -hmm. then um was getting my master's for a little bit and I was just kind of getting burned out with that as well so I was just ready to work and that's where I kind of um went to lifetime kind of turned in my resume had a good interview with no experience at all and um kind of opened up help opened up that club and Lamexa a big 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 corporate so it was probably the best thing to happen to me because I got around a lot of good managers kind of got my experience up working with you know learning how to work with general public because I just wanted to work with athletes strictly and mm-hmm. I knew really quick that um you know yeah I'm an athlete I look like it but 
at the same point, um, I had to make a living in, in that area. This wasn't, especially in that gym, this wasn't, wasn't the right space for that type of training. Mm-hmm. So I kind of transitioned more into the general public. And that's where I kind of, kind of fell in love with just helping people instead of trying to strictly this space, everything off performance. And that's kind of transitioned into golf as well. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think that, you know, golf has become such a part of, obviously in your area and in the Scottsdale area, Arizona area, um, extremely popular, um, you know, but I think, I think because of that, we're starting to, you know, there's this thing I've seen a lot of, and it it seems, and you have all these various reports, right. But it seems to me that injuries are a little higher, both on the PGA tour um, and also even a little bit at the recreational level. So um, let's talk a little bit about Andrew, what, what is it that you see kind of day-to-day, uh, week-in, week-out, that you think is attributing to some of these injuries? Yeah, man, I think it's, it's going to depend on the person and obviously the context of their life. So we see a wide range of ages, bodies, different types of players, mm-hmm. um, again, from the pro level to the amateur level to country club level to just straight up to scratch, you know, weekend warrior. But um, – it kind of goes in cycles. I mean, you got the, you know, six-year-old executive who's retired, worked all their life, traveled all their life. You know, they want to have, finally have time to play some golf. And, you know, the more they play, it seems like the more they're injured or, or have mm-hmm. nagging pains. And, again, to me, it just it makes sense because if you, you know, spend most of your life not only just working but doing things that are stuck in a certain pattern, whether it's sitting at a desk, standing and awful shoes and now you want to go out and play on grass for four hours and rotate one way like there's no no reason why you shouldn't be hurt so that's kind of what we try to kind of navigate through first obviously we go through screens but um it's gonna be different for everybody we might have a 23 year old getting ready for q school and has all the speed in the world but mm-hmm. his ankles suck he has risk of a, an 80 year old sure so again it's educating them on you know if you have all the ability in the world but um, your hip internal rotation sucks. So we got to really work on this. If you want to stay healthy and play, you know, for 40 plus years. So that's kind of the, the hit home for them on top of, you know, we got a lot of girls as well. A lot of them are stuck in hyper extension. So we got to kind of reteach them because they're doing, you know, if it's a younger one, college program, D one programs, most of their lives. So they're working out with the football team and then they just add load, load, load to their, already extended spine so now they have back problem hip problems so again it's all about education knowing what kind of giving them what they need but also you know keeping it fun keeping them performance high but also the important thing is is keeping them healthy yeah absolutely and and number one on our side and, and this is just from our background you know ryan my partner ryan and i we've experienced in our own games um definitely at the competitive and even professional level um, successes. But I think one of the things as we became golf instructors is that we learned that there's a lot of different methods out there. Mm. And there are certainly some commonalities, as I'm sure fitness has uh, certain, you know, styles of, of teaching or, or, you know, somebody might be heavier on strength versus training and flexibility, mm-hmm. etc. And I love your point, because you said, um, right off, you know, it really depends on the person. So to me, that speaks to what all systems golf is about too, which is, you know, 
when people say, well, you know, how do I fix my slice? Well, it's not just an article. It's not just a generic video. Um, there are so many different factors in fitness and physical ability being a major one um, mm -hmm. that I think it's important. Would you agree that, you know, we are screening or, or having some sort of a system in, in which we put our golfers through to understand the way they move? Yeah, absolutely. I think as, as a trainer, we have to kind of fight that one method as well, whether it's, you know, whatever they see, again, with social media being so big, they see, you know, 40 videos a day. of like mm -hmm. sexy exercises that right. look cool, push you to the limit. Um, yeah, you're getting a good cardio burn. You're getting a good, a good workout, but at the end, what is it doing for you? And I think that's kind of what we established. Yeah. With the physical screen with, I mean, especially with all of our athletes, general public, but with golfers specifically, I think it really hits home because, again, they're going to be pretty asymmetrical. Mm -hmm. um, being one side, usually, in quotation marks, tighter. They might think that they need flexibility, but they're hypermobile. So we try to educate that them on that first and just kind of really break down, okay, this is what's going on. You have back problems. Okay, I can't diagnose anything. Here's our PT that mm. you know can give you a little bit more educated response then we can communicate what kind of program to build for you. And again, it's going to be based off of, like you said, this, you know, the person, you know, how long, and again, other variables come into play. Like, like what we talked about last week, like what's the work schedule like, you know, they just got a divorce, you know, how many kids yeah. do they have? You know, I got to go on vacation next week. So I'm, I'm stressed out. I have a big work plan. So that kind of plays into their training, depending on what's going on internally in their body with stress, sleep, nutrition, um, I think just the casual, oh, I need to get it, get in and get a good workout is, is, you know, pretty negligent now if you have a good trainer that's educated and, you know, I have to kind of count all different variables such as the stress, the nutrition, uh, the recovery part. Cause if you just come in do the same workout as the last client, I mean, what, it, I mean, what are you really getting? Yeah. So definitely it, it sounds to me like it's all about personalizing that and, and you have sort of a, a baseline um, analysis or evaluation, if you will, to have them go through. And, and I think that's very interesting. And, and I haven't heard a ton of training experts talk about what you just said, which is what else is going on in their life. You know, I can't mm. tell you how many times I've, I've been in a golf lesson and I'm all excited about the change that we're going to make to this golfer. And they come in and they're, you know, telling me about um, their, their, you know, grandson, uh, it was their birthday last week or somebody passed away in their family and it's a sad, you know, thing. And, and there are definitely um, some cases where people will even just come in because they want somebody to talk to or no, they want to blow no up some steam and, and whatnot. So um, no doubt, I, I think that's great just to kind of find those things out because then you can look at it in a totalitarian um point of view versus just a, a singular point of view with your own objectives. Yeah. No doubt. I, mean, I think again, like well, the opposite side is the same thing. You know, if you have to be able to adjust to the person, even if let's say you've been trained them or mm -hmm. a student with you for two years, but you know them so well, you still have to ask those questions. So if the client comes in and had a horrible night's sleep, they just broke up with their girlfriend and I have, you know, heavy deadlifts prescribed. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably not smart on my end to, to do that because that's such a tough skill it's tough on the nervous sure. system so that their body's physically and internally not ready for so i have to be able to adjust okay let's do some light 
you know, mobility work today. Let's just get you moving. Let's get you sweaty. Let's, uh, you know, kind of get your brain more parasympathetic and, mm-hmm. you know, leave out of here feeling better than you did walking in. And that's kind of the goal and adjustments. I think some trainers miss just because, oh, I got to yeah. kick this dude's ass today because they need to lose sure. another 15 pounds where it's just like, you know, what's, what's the point, you know, what, why, right. why so quick? So, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's great. And, and that's just a representation of, of your passion towards the individual um, and their sure. goals, you know, and we certainly share that as well. So I, I think that's exciting to hear that. Cool, man. Um, and then, you know, so we talk about it being very personal and individualized on both of ends of the spectrum, but let's, to help our listeners out, let's talk about two different areas. So let's talk the average golfer that's been told, and we'll just kind of generalize this and say the the um, 45 to 60 year old male mm-hmm. and you had mentioned this early in the podcast that uh, um, you know they're traveling a lot but then you know they see on social media um, all of these great tips and whether we're talking about shallowing the shaft with rotation or maximizing your backswing et cetera, et cetera. let's just talk a little bit about the generic things that you would see that could be problems um, physically speaking, given that this person travels a lot, that they might be a little overweight. Can you just kind of generalize a little bit about that player? Yeah, for sure. I think, again, this with, you know, fitness, not one one thing fits all. And I think right. I've come to recognize that even with the golf swing, and I've heard you know, I heard this first at TPI, and, you know, not one swing is, is matched up to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. you, everyone has a different swing from, you know, Jim Furyk to Tiger to John Daly. Yep. And, and I think – as professionals, as communicating with the swing coach, you know, how can we help this client out? What adjustments can I make and what can adjustments can you make with your teaching? That's mm-hmm. kind of the best way to put it and be honest with, uh, to make the client successful. So I think good example is, um, you know, had a client in today, just exactly how you described it. He travels a lot back and mm-hmm. forth, West coast, East coast, and, you know, mid sixties and he's, wants everything to do with with golf he loves to play but he's had some injuries in the past and you know working you know most of his life and now he's really finding some time to play more and you know there's some physical capabilities that we've been working on that have helped but they're going to take some more time and it's not going to force them more into rotation based Mm -hmm. on the physical and capabilities that i see from him on my side so again i try to communicate with him this is you know, something we can help with your swing, but try to feel this on the physical side, whether it's uh, getting more load into that hip and that glute. If you try to rotate any more, you already live in extension. So to rotate and extend more, that's just going to make your back hurt worse. Mm. So here's a modified version of, look, you're in a position here, and this is the same thing that you and G are working on. So this is, for you, this is what's going to have to help. And uh, he's, he's bought in and, you know, I try to help and give him what he wants, but also hit home that physically from his stature, his, his, his body, like some position he just can't get into. And even him send me messages about, you know, exercises he wants to try, or even if he asks, is is this good for me? And it's like, you know, probably not, but I can give you a modified version to see where you're at. And then that's kind of a baseline. Then we can work up to it. So that's kind of what we did today. He said we did that and he kind of sh- right there was not surprised, but he was, you know, he again kind of hit home for him. He was humble. It's like, okay, I need to work on that more. So he trusts me. And again, that's with other clients too, just with, 
you know, certain things that they might send me like, Oh, this looks cool. Can we try this next time? I might look at it as like, well, you know, based on everything that we've worked on and what you can and can't do. I mean, we can work up to that, but it's going to take time just based off of your, you know, your capabilities. So that's kind of what I look like, look, look at communicate with. And if I'm a communication with their swing coach, that's, just, that's the same thing. If they're trying to push, you know, more rotation, you know, I really try to hit home. Like, look, he lives in extension. You know, this mm-hmm. is there a modified, you know, feedback version that you can help him with when he's practicing. So he's not hitting a hundred balls, you know, in this bad in pattern. Extension, yeah. Yeah. In the extension. It doesn't even have to be that. It could be, I want more load in my right hip, but they have no right hip internal rotation on the backswing. So you can't push mm-hmm. that more. They're just going to extend. So, right. Um, as long as the communication is there and the trust is there between coaches and the client, I think that's, that's the win-win. Tired of reading golf tips and searching the internet for hours for drills and band-aid fixes that don't lower your scores and often make them worse? Head over to www.allsystemsgolf.com and explore our personal package options for mobile improvement. Simply answer a few questions about the current state of your game, your background, your learning style, and goals. Our experienced PGA professional team will review your videos, provide personal drills, and voiceover feedback. And within 48 hours, you will have a true understanding of your game and how to improve. All Systems Golf. Golf instruction for the unique you. Yeah, I think that's super important. Educating the client on on things, and um, yeah, I know I know sometimes you know uh, <laughs> the, the golf coach might think that they're the expert in this area, but you know I think it, it just speaks to there needs to be sort of a relationship and a blend between the two um, fields. You know, fitness and sure. golf can go hand in hand, and ultimately, what's exciting is that we all have the same goal, which is. Number one, we want to avoid injury, but number two, we want our, our clients and our players to get better um, and play better so that they can enjoy the game for forever, you know, yeah. so. Um, no doubt. I think, that, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, too, just also this making sure you clear verbiage in the context of, let's say, the coach sees a video of something that we're doing that maybe wasn't agreed upon and – Again, that's on my end. I'm trying to make things as least golfish as possible. So it's mm-hmm. just like I try to take it back to other sports. It's like if I'm working with a basketball player and we're working, you know, tricep extensions. Sure, that's not the same mechanics as as his shot or shooting free throws, but that's not what we're working on. Right. You know, we're working on his his strength, maybe just the you know, flexion of his of his elbow to get him stronger to be able to push off of a of a defender. Either way, try to relate it back to sport. If you see a you're doing a medicine ball toss on the wall and it's not the same mechanics of the swing. Like I'm not working on the swing. We're working on being athletic, um, just being, being an athlete, working on hand-eye coordination, but also, you know, certain drills like that can be challenging. It's, and it's dynamic. So again, it could be working on conditioning. So as long as the client knows and, you know, people kind of understand the context that not every exercise for golf fitness has to be related to the mechanics of the swing. It could be something totally different that, uh, if it's not perceived in a in a certain light or a different lens, and then mm-hmm. that again, that's where some context has to be cleared up. Yeah, I, I think that that's really kind of what we talk about our junior golfers to their parents, you know, because mm-hmm. and I'm sure you may have seen this too, but 
you know, we have a very competitive age group between about the ages of eight to 14. And to me, it seems more than ever that, you know, these kids that are still developing, and I'm sure you'd be able to speak more on this than I would, but, you know, they're so, if they're a right-handed golfer, they're so right-sided dominant and they're living in on the range in these positions. And, and, and it just, to me, it seems like being in one position over and over again is, is good. And maybe in the sense of you're really driving it home, but bad in the sense of as you're developing um, in your body, that that wouldn't be a good thing. So what we do is we try to educate the parents on, Mm. you know, not specializing too early in golf. Um, We want them to be super excited and, um, play other sports so they develop oh. even if it's not golf related would that be something along the lines that you like in training no dude that's 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 probably my number one thing for youth just because mm-hmm. i mean that's how i grew up and my my dad i mean my parents even w- wouldn't let me start strength training until i was a junior in high school yeah. just because of growth development you know i had kind of you know the way my running mechanics were kind of helped kind of hindered me through some injuries, some hip problems. So, and knee problems at, you know, 12, 13. So it's just like adding load or strength training, doing a strength class. It just, he just wouldn't let me do it. And I used mm-hmm. to be so bad about it, but it's like, as I know now, like, you know, I think it was probably the best thing for me. And I think the best thing for youth is, you know, do all sorts of different things. I think they mm-hmm. get caught up of, you know, they want to be the next A-Rod or the next Tiger. Sure. So I have to focus on this one sport. Yep. And I think like what you said, it just hinders their development and their motor skills and teach them how to cut, how to jump, how to run. I mean, these are basic human patterns that mm-hmm. some youth, not even with golfers with, you know, I work with a couple of baseball players, soccer players, and I work with, you know, some smart parents that, you know, Hey, you know, work with a high profile pitcher. You're like, he's done pitching by this time. And then it's golf season. Like I don't want him pitching all year, yep. especially out in Arizona. Cause they have the, the facilities and the climate too but Mm -hmm. also then he plays golf and then you know works out with his friends so it's just like he's just being a high school kid like he should you know and then you go to younger it's just like the more athletic the sport whether it's soccer um flag football then transition to the basketball indoor then transition to to golf after that it's like you develop so much better just patterns and skills just because you're you're learning your your body's learning now if you just teach them to like you said, swing one way and, yeah. you know, walking up and down in grass, like that's, that's where it hinders. So it's just like the more athletic, the more they're involved in, you know, wreck stuff. I mean, I think, I think it's for the better for the development of a player or just the athlete. Yeah. And we've brought up this too, is that, you know, when they're playing other sports, there's a sort of uh, mental development that's going on as well, because they're uh, in team sports, they're meeting new people. They're experiencing different styles of coaching. Uh, They're experiencing different feelings of uh, win, loss, um, you know, all of those things that kind of go with competitive sports. And and ultimately, uh, they seem to be way more developed when they are ready to specialize at maybe 14 or 15 if they do want to continue with golf, not because they're told to or because, you know, parents want a scholarship, but because they want to. Uh, that's when they're going to be so ready to go. And there's plenty of time, in my opinion, uh, you know, to really get them going and, and able to perform at the best. No doubt. I totally agree. I didn't even think about the mental side of it. 
because golf's such a in your head game. Sure. Just, you know, you know, to play with different kids and and team and list like I said, lots of different coaches and it's it's def- definitely a different environment. And I yeah, I didn't even think about that, so that's great. Yeah, and I work with a couple of professional athletes um, that are, you know, trying to make it to the big stage, you know, Q school that's coming up real soon. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, have, have had success at the amateur um, high school, college levels and, and are now, you know, late into their pro stages and trying to make that last leap. And one of the things we always talk about is really taking time off. And it's really mm-hmm. hard for an athlete um, especially a, a golf athlete because they're just so uh, consumed with this idea that they have to practice 24 um, seven yeah. and they're just so driven to putt all day and whatnot. And you know, we talk about uh, varieties of practice to kind of eliminate that, um, that sort of dead period of just working on repetition. But one of the things we, we encourage with them is to do something outside of their sport do something mm-hmm. outside of golf just so they can clear their head and, and, you know, it can't be just one thing that we're always consumed with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can only go kind of go back to that with going on my head. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. you did it or how golfers get it. Cause I, if I go out and practice for an hour, I'm just like, okay, what am I, what am I accomplishing here? Cause <laughs> with, with golf, there's this, I feel like, especially with practice, there's, there's always an outcome where you're just, you're just not sure if you can repeat that. And, you know, there's never a, a feedback because every shot I feel like that I hit good is the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable shot in the world yep. compared to, you know, sports. That I grew up playing baseball, basketball, you know, if it goes through the net and that felt good, like you, you can hold on to that feeling because we do so much repetitions mm-hmm. in this reactive sports, even with baseball, you know, hit off the tee, then you start hitting pitching. Even that there's the, the feedback's never always, always positive. And then you, to me with golf, it's just always kind of a guessing game, but that's kind of your, your area. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know how players go out and practice for four hours and then always, <laughs> so that's, that's maybe another conversation for another day. So I don't know how you guys do it, but I respect yeah. it. I yeah, respect absolutely. It. We'll, we'll have to talk on a personal level for, for you because um, you know, just real quick on that topic is that I think a lot of people, are practicing um, maybe a little bit like how they practice sports. So if you just shoot free throws in basketball all mm-hmm. day long at the gym, you know, you're going to have some sort of development and form and, and whatnot, and, and maybe even some confidence as well. But, you know, the way that I would relate that is I see a lot of guys that will practice three and four footers from the same spot. And that's nothing that we do in the game so, or in the game scenarios and the tournament scenarios. So for instance, instead of practicing your free throws over and over again, maybe you dedicate a portion of practice to that, but then run up and down the court, do some jumping jacks, do some push-ups, move around, you know, have somebody uh, guard you and then go shoot your free throws and then do it with two or three people watching where if you don't hit, you know, eight out of 10, then you've got to do suicide runs or something. Um, So we bring that mentality to our golf training and sure. I think that's what a lot of people miss is how to practice. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do a little more work on that for sure. Yeah. No, that's a valuable point, man. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Awesome, Andrew. Well, listen, um, for our followers, uh, we want to make sure that they have access to you. So can you just share, um, your social media channels 
and uh, where they can get in contact with you, please. Yeah, man. So um, IG is probably where I put most of my stuff. Instagram is mm-hmm. uh, Ando underscore PFS. And a lot of the guys here, I work for PFS Golf, Brandon PFS, and just team or PFS Fitness. Uh, we're going to start ramping that up, just kind of show uh, just a lot more drills with the team, how we train. Um, you know, Facebook and OPFS as well. I'm going to start hammering that as well. So uh, that's where you usually can find me. And then I have a newsletter I put out probably every couple of weeks. It's kind of showing, you know, some love to people, try to just get some information out there about um, kind of our experience, my experience, um, some golf-related stuff, who to follow, who I like following, um, some other information, whether it's on nutrition or what our you know, our PT's talking about this month because it's always different and I've learned mm. so much from him. So I kind of try to push that, push that information out there. So um, those are probably the outlets that I do most of my content on. Yeah, that that's great. So you guys make sure you go and follow that. That was Ando underscore PFS on Instagram. Andrew, thanks so much for your time, man. I know you're a busy guy and I appreciate you uh, sharing some time with us on the show. Yeah, man. No, I really appreciate it. Anytime. That was episode four of the All Systems Golf Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Special guest, uh, Andrew Hannon, really enjoyed sitting down with him and and just really getting to look at both worlds. You know, the golf and the fitness world has been united by uh, TPI, Titleist Performance Institute. But uh, I think that there's a lot more we can do in understanding our athletes. And specifically when you talk about how you're going to approach them you know, Andrew is very similar to the way that we think about the golf swing. So it's not a one size or one shoe fits all kind of a method, um, you know, system that that just doesn't work. You need to open your mind a little bit and see and make sure, you know, it's just like, so it's not always going to be something physical that's keeping you from shallowing the club or not slicing or whatever you're trying to accomplish in your swing. It's not always going to be fitness that's the issue, but you need to rule that out because sometimes it will be. So I hope that opened your eyes. Make sure and follow Andrew. He's at A-N-D-O underscore P-F-S on Instagram. And thanks for all your support, guys. Leave a message. Tell us what you want to hear next.